sweep eastward across Wyoming from the Absoroku Range past the lower tip of the Bighorns and on past the Black Hills into South Dakota, swing northward in another arc near the eastern edge of South Dakota, and push straight up across North Dakota to the Canadian line again. Let other people argue the precise location of the latter lines you have run. The area you have enclosed is the heart bulk of the high border country, the great bull-shaped expanse of Montana, with an edging of the Idaho panhandle in the upper portion of Wyoming, spreading on over the Dakotas eastward across the wide Missouri to shade away into the lower plains rolling downgrade to Minnesota. Those are names now on our maps. They were not names then. The area was not yet even marked on early maps as it was marked for so many years later in ignorance as part of the great American desert. The Sioux, who were to make much of it their own, and their last stronghold against the white men, were still grounded on foot east of the Missouri. Only the first small straggling parties of their westward migration had penetrated beyond the river to confront the tribes there before them and discover the four-footed freedom of the horse. But the Crows were there, and the Pawnees, and the Comanches, and the Arapahoes and the Cheyennes, these last moving out ever farther westward from their settlements along the west bank of the Missouri, to follow the roving buffalo ever deeper into the high border pasture lands. And far to the east, still remote as though lost on some far other continent, the twelve colonies that would be thirteen fretted the Atlantic coast with advancing civilization, and the thought of their independence was still only a vague half-realized flicker in a few minds. Find now along the southern rim of this high border country, midway between the Missouri and the crescent of the Bighorns and straddling the Wyoming-Dakota line, the roughly circular shading of the Black Hills. They are cradled on the map between the sweeping south fork of the Cheyenne River and the lovely long reach of the north fork that is known as La Belle Fourche. Streams feeding these rivers lead deep into these hills that are not hills but mountains, not soaring and luminous by night as by day like the Bighorns yet strong and rugged in the solid honesty of their rock risings. If you could follow the right one of these streams into the hills from its junction with Belfourche, and take the right one of its branches fingering out and up into the broken levels, you would come at last to a wall of stone climbing in jagged tiers for more than a hundred feet. The water flows from a fissure at the base. Around and to the left, a gently graded upland pasture leads on, rising slowly until it matches the wall height and you emerge on a plateau that seems to stretch unbroken for a mile and more. You must move carefully now. Suddenly, through the tall grasses and occasional low bushes, the ground opens before you, a big gash in the basic rock formation dropping sheer for nearly eighty feet to an almost flat floor, then rising again on the other side to the plateau level, so that even at a short distance the eye is deceived and it cannot be seen. You are looking at the lost canyon of Little Bear. Ages ago, in the strains of the earth's crust thrusting up to form the western mountains, some fault in the rock strata created that canyon. It is shaped like a long, blunted triangle. It is relatively narrow at the upper end where a stream flows from the higher levels over the plateau and drops over the rock lip to fall straight down into a pool worn in the floor. It widens steadily to some five hundred yards at the lower end, where the stream drops out of sight into its rock fissure. The sides are sheer nearly vertical, weather-polished. Only a few narrow ledges harbor scant grass tufts and a lonely bush struggling for root hold. He is a fool who would attempt to scale those sides unaided, up or down. But at one place, where successive ledges top each other at fifteen to twenty-foot intervals, there are niches between in the rock. They are similar in shape. They are regularly spaced. 
They have the unmistakable imprint of the mind and hand of man. 